0: This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle,
1: Australia.
2: Good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here. We've got another great show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program with our business tips, we're going to look at some different, different and original ideas that may work in your business. We're also talking with Greg Kerr from the Effective Workplace about the, uh, work, uh, the Fair Work Act that's just been going through Parliament. But right now we're going to talk with Tony Watson, who's the Director of Specialist Service Group at WorkCover, about... Slips, trips, and falls. Good afternoon, Tony.
0: Good afternoon, Julian.
2: Thank you for joining us today.
0: No, I'm very happy to be here.
2: So, uh, WorkCover has designated May as the Slips, Trips, and Falls Month. Can you explain what we mean by slips, trips, and falls?
0: Sure. Look, I guess as the, as the term suggests, it's about uh, it's about people injuring themselves where they've uh, they've had, say, a slip, um, often uh, on the on the same. Uh, same level or a trip again on the same, same level or, or a fall where often they're the more serious uh, of the types of incidents where people have had a fall um, from even from, from a height. Um, often in many instances uh, those sort of injuries um, can appear to be um, quite minor but also unfortunately they can be fairly serious and in some instances result in unfortunately um, death.
2: Well, so uh, how big a problem is it that employees face with slips, trips and falls in the workplace?
0: Yeah, look, if we look at, I guess, a a given year and take, say, 2006, 2007, um, there were about 25,000 workers' compensation claims in that year. Mm. Uh, Now, that pretty much represents, and that's 25,000 claims, obviously, in relation to slips, strips and falls. Yes. That that represents about 18% of the total number of uh, claims in that year. So it's a very uh, significant and major component in terms of uh, cost to businesses.
2: So it would be probably one of the major areas of contributing if you looked at all the different areas.
0: Oh, look, very, very much so. And if, if, and if you looked at the dollar figure, um, you're talking about in, in that year alone about $203 uh, million. But, but importantly, what's behind those dollars is obviously the, the tragedy and the injuries to yes. individuals and, and the pain and suffering um, they, 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 they experience but also, um, importantly, the, the people around them. Um, slip, strips and falls injuries are often very debilitating. Um, they often incapacitate people and um, it's not much fun laying in bed at home injured and it's not much fun for the family as well in terms of uh, caring for that person and, and, and experiencing the suffering that they're experiencing as well. Mm. So it's a very big issue and it's a, it's a very uh, important issue for us all to try and address.
2: Now, obviously, we can train and teach and talk a lot all the time, but how is WorkCover tackling this problem and what do you expect to gain from a, a slips, trips and falls month?
0: Yeah, well, I think the first thing we're trying to do is bring a bit of attention to it, and that's why we really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you in this sort of a, this sort of a uh, show. Um, giving attention to it, hopefully, will we'll have businesses, uh, both employers and employees, uh, turn their mind to the issue of slips, trips and falls. And, and unlike, I guess... Uh, uh, injuries that relate to lacerations and the like where there are, there are machinery involved where people can see, um, you know, that machine doesn't have a guard or that chemical is dangerous. Slips, strips and falls can be fairly insidious and it can be as simple as uh, a bit of a fluid on, on the ground or, or, or a lead or some, something of that like and and people can, uh, you know, inadvertently uh, result in an injury. So the first message is about taking some time out in this month to have a look at your workplace, uh, because these sorts of uh, agencies, as we call them, can be fairly insidious and, and uh, not always there as well. So that uh, that reviewing the workplace is very important. And what we've done, I guess, to, to help workplaces do that is is create a bit of a toolkit in relation to slip, trips and falls. And that toolkit, I guess, does a couple of things. But firstly, it shows how to uh, identify those potential risks, it could be in the workplace, and then um, how to eliminate those risks, and thirdly, how to ensure there are procedures in place to um, keep those uh, risks in check. So um, it's a a toolkit that's available online, I should should say as well, Hmm. that um, that people can download. It has um, guides and fact sheets that relate to the, the issues associated with slips, trips and falls.
2: And simple checklists as well?
0: Very simple checklists, and... Work Cover's focused uh, a lot of energy of late in terms of developing practical, simple checklists. Um, we understand um, businesses often don't have the time and, and shouldn't need to um, go to length to interpret um, legislation and how to make their workplaces safe. So we've put a lot of effort into to making um, our guidance material and our fact sheets um, very practical and very helpful, and we do those often in partnership with industry and, and Workplaces to make sure we get them right, and, and these particular guys, I think, have very much hit the mark.
2: Do you think that out there in the workplace, often employees have got well? This is not really my job, you know. If they see a lead or a bit of uh, rubbish or something in the way, they just sort of walk over it rather than do something with it.
0: Look, I think we can all be uh, guilty of that that, uh, that offence, if you like, where. Uh, we don't necessarily think to to act on what we see. Um, yeah. That can be for a variety of reasons. You know, we're all busy doing different things and sometimes we can think, well, that someone else can take care of that. But just uh, either bringing it to someone else's attention or, or yourself, you know, but in, mm. in the case of slip, strips and calls, it can be a simple matter of, oh, I can see that lead's running across the floor there. I might just move that across so people um, won't trip on it. Mm. Or oh, I can see Bob there carrying across that that bucket of whatever spilled a bit of stuff on the floor i'll quickly just get something and wipe it up like it's about i guess acting in terms of those simple things to to prevent what can be as we've, we've said a pretty serious injury
2: and and do uh safety posters around the place uh, reminding people does that does that help do you think
0: look it very much does i guess it's about again keeping that sort of um presence of mind and and included in the in the in the kit that we have are indeed some safety posters so Workplaces can get a hold of those um, posters and, and put them up in relevant places, so people again can just just be be vigilant, if you like, in terms of that particular issue.
2: Mm. You've mentioned leads and you mentioned spillage on the floors. Are there other sort of common case study examples out there that look very common?
0: Well, there are. I guess um, some areas that um, that can can also be a, a, an issue: uh, lighting, um, if. If workplaces are poorly lit, well then people can't see the things that they could potentially trip
2: mm, on, mm. Uh, and
0: that can include, you know, uh, stairwells and the like, or or, or or different areas where people have to uh, have to move about. Um, Clutter is another one where um, if uh, if housekeeping isn't maintained, and and often housekeeping can be one of the things that people don't necessarily turn their mind to because mm. busy doing the job at hand, but just a bit of time at the end of the day or the start of the day to do a little bit of housekeeping or through the day can actually prevent some of these fairly serious injuries and, of course, prevent, um, in many instances, in the case of, say, small business, the business um, having to stop business. So it's a, it's a very preventative exercise. that can bear a lot of fruit. Um, if, uh, unguarded door openings is another um, area, of course. Um, uneven floor surfaces are uh, the sort of footwear that people are wearing. You know, it's important that... Um, People are wearing footwear that's that's, um, slip resistant so Mm. that uh, they don't compound the problem when there is an issue in terms of the the sorts of areas um, that uh, people can be experiencing in terms of the workplace. So there are a host of areas, and I guess um, we see unfortunately far too many Mm. um, incidents where people really do suffer injuries and they could have been prevented just by taking some of those simple simple actions.
2: Uh, What other assistance does WorkCover provide?
0: And, Julian, we've got a host of um, assistance services. I guess the two prominent ones are um, our workplace advisory visit program where um, any business, any small business, I should add, can um, request work covers advisory officers to come to their workplace or, or a, another location that's convenient to talk through what are their particular issues and, more importantly, how those issues can be addressed mm. uh, and, and put in place sustainable improvements so that... Um, Safety is managed on an ongoing basis. So there's our mm. workplace advisory visit program. There's also, um, we have a series of workshops that run across the state. Um, one in particular that's very popular is our Safety Essentials Workshop. They are also free. Um, they're also often run at times that suit business. So they'll be um, late afternoon or evening or indeed even sometimes in the middle of the day if that suits businesses. And um, people can come along to those and, and again learn some practical tips and some practical guidance about how they can um not only, I guess, comply with their legislative requirements, but more importantly, make their businesses safe because we very much like to think you know, safe businesses are good businesses.
2: Of course. Well, thanks very much for your time, Tony. And uh, as always, we've, we've now got work cover on our monthly uh, program, so uh, we'll be t- talking to you or some of your other uh, colleagues again later.
0: Thanks very much, Julian. If Thank I could you. just put in a last little plug. If people do want to get the publications, um, they can go to our hotline number, three hundred seven double nine double zero three. Or, of course, the website, www.workcover.newsouthwales.gov.au for the toolkit.
2: Thank you very much, Tony.
0: Thank you. Talk
2: again. Thank you. Sure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tony Watson there from uh, WorkCover. Yes, just be mindful this month, or actually every month, uh, slips, trips and falls. Just watch those... uh, Pieces of paper, or boxes, or leads, and all those things lying around. Well, now we're talking with Greg Kerr from Effective Workplace, and uh, we're going to talk about the new Fair Work Act. Good afternoon, Greg. Good afternoon, Julian. It's a change to have you in the studio yes, instead of the end of the phone.
1: It's a while since I've been in here.
2: Well, well the, uh, the new Fair Work Act has been passed by the Federal Government, and I understand that a bill for the
1: transitional
2: legislation is currently in Parliament. What does this mean for our employers?
1: OK, I think, I think the main thing it means is that change is almost here. The Fair Work Act is due to come... Well, some major parts of the Fair Work Act are due to come into force from the 1st of July, so that's only a couple of months away now, and then the rest of the Act about six months later. The Act will make a lot of substantial changes and it's been well in the news, but I'd just like to focus on a couple of them today. And one area that's of immediate concern to a lot of employers, particularly small to medium businesses, is the area of unfair dismissal.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Now, since... Work choices came into effect in March 2006. A lot of businesses have felt that they don't need to worry about unfair dismissal claims anymore. But that's going to change very substantially from the 1st of July. At least that's the date we expect everything will co- it will come into effect. Mm-hmm. What it means is that because of the changes, businesses are going to have to think carefully again about how they go about terminating employees and how they act because if they don't, then they could get themselves into big trouble if they don't follow procedures that are fair and if they don't meet the requirements of the Fair Work Act. The other thing that's going to change as far as unfair dismissals from the 1st of July 2009 is that the process will be quite different from what we've been used to. It'll be a much... um, Well, it's expected to be a much quicker and generally speaking a much more informal process process.
2: Okay, so uh, does that mean people need to be doing things now? Yes, I think
1: it does. Um, If employers don't have procedures in place for dealing with, for instance, uh, poor performance um, or poor conduct, misconduct, then they need to start thinking about putting procedures in place to ensure that employees are told if there are problems, what those problems are, what's expected of them, and what's going to happen if they don't measure up. So this is the idea of fairness, people knowing what it is that's expected of them, knowing what they're not doing and what they need to do, and being told what the potential consequences are if they don't measure up.
2: So does this mean the old process of the
1: three warnings type thing, the written warnings, needs to come back in? If, if not as a... A straightforward, thou shalt do it exactly this way. Yes, I think generally speaking that approach is important and that will be reflected in a fair dismissal code that's going to apply to small businesses under the Act as well. And yeah. small business is basically defined as a business which has fewer than 15 employees, uh, full-time equivalent employees, I should say. That was one of the changes brought about by Senator Fielding in the in the Act when it was going through the Senate. And that's something that people do need to be aware of. Currently, um, employees are not able to make an unfair dismissal claim if their employer has fewer than 100 employees, just mm. a, a, a bare number of employees. Under the new arrangements, the magic number will become 15. Oh, okay. If you have fewer than 15 employees, you're a small business, and any of the employees of that business will not be able to make an unfair dismissal claim during their first 12 months of employment. If there are 15 or more equivalent full-time employees, then the period is six months. Mm -hmm. So after six months, an employee of that size business will be able to make an unfair dismissal claim. So that's a, a very big change, and people need to be ready for that and make sure that they've got procedures in place so that they are ready and don't get themselves into trouble with unfair dismissal claims that they weren't expecting.
2: So if they're a company with less than 15 employees and that that employee has worked with the company for more than 12 months, you are then likely to be caught under this
1: Act? You will be caught and if you don't get the procedure right, you could face a claim and Mm. that claim might succeed.
2: Mm. What other changes are likely to come into effect later and and when is that going to happen?
1: There are quite quite a range of changes, but I'll just focus on another one, which is the change to, if you like, basic terms and conditions of employment. And that will come into effect from, again, this is the expected date, the 1st of January 2010. And there are a couple of aspects to this. One is, from that date, there will be in place some minimum statutory employment standards called the National Employment Standards. We're already used to that a little bit because of some of the standards that came into place with work choices that deal with things like uh, ordinary hours of work, uh, annual leave, personal leave and and the like. So what we'll have is an extended set of statutory standards uh, which will apply to all employees of uh, constitutional corporations in other words, most employers that are companies. Mm. And on top of that, there will be modern awards. These are the old awards that have been brought up to date and they will apply to all of the relevant employees of an employer who's covered by the federal system. Now, people might ask, well, I've always had an uh, an award that's applied to at least some of my staff What's different? Well, when work choices came in, um, there was a change, but for most employers, it probably didn't make a great deal of difference because what happened was the terms and conditions of employment under the old state awards were, if you like, carried across to the new federal system under instruments known as Notional Agreements Preserving State Awards or NAPSAs. They were always going to die, but Uh, they will die from the 1st of January 2010 and their place will be taken by the National Employment Standards and the Modern Awards. Now, that's really important because the NES and the Modern Awards are quite different from what we've been used to under the old state awards, whether they apply to state awards or as NAPSAs. And employers, again, need to get ready for that. They need Mm. to find out what the modern awards are going to be that will apply to their employees.
2: So I presume there'll be seminars and dissemination of this sort of information readily coming out soon?
1: There is quite a lot of information already coming out. um, And, yes, I think it's fair to say that uh, various government bodies and various uh, consultants such as myself or... Law firms will be out there in the marketplace, making mm-hmm. sure that people do have access to information.
2: So you're speaking next week at the Hunter Business Chamber uh, Breakfast Forum at uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, the 29th uh, uh, next week, next Wednesday. Yep, that's
1: right. Next Wednesday morning.
2: That'll be time for someone to find out more about it.
1: It certainly will.
2: Great. Well, thanks for having me on again, Greg. And uh, I think we're going to need to explore this
1: again in future. I think that's probably true, Julian. And thanks again for having me. Thank you very it's much. Always for good. That.
2: Greg Kerr there from Effective Workplace helping us to look at the uh, the Fair Work Act. And next week we're going to discuss your phone system. Is it time for a new one and can that help your business with Pete DeJong from the Diamond Group. We're going to chat, chat about your ideal customer profile with John Cayley from our sponsors and we'll look at some of those ideas that work. I'd love your company again next Thursday at the same time for Business, The Law and You. As always, remember, focus your passion on your vision.